This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today's topic is maximizing your Social Security. So Social Security is something that most retirees are going to interact with at some point in their retirement, and there is a high level of complexity within the Social Security system. So with me today, I have Kelsey Banke, a certified financial planner at our Stirk Financial Offices, and Kelsey and I are going to talk a little bit about how you can actually maximize the Social Security by understanding some of the nuances of the system. So Kelsey, let's kick it off with... When can you actually take your Social Security? Taking your Social Security is something that you can take as early as age 62 if you wanted to take it early. Um, you'd wait no longer than age 70. There's there's no financial benefit to waiting longer than age 70. So sometime between age 62 and age 70 is the range when you want to actually trigger your Social Security. That's correct. Okay. So is there a particular age that is the main age for everyone to take Social Security? No, there's no exact age where it makes the perfect sense for every single person. It's very much an individualized decision. That does take some, you know, research. You need to look into it and um, evaluate what makes sense for you. And there's a lot of factors that play into that decision. Right. So here's the interesting thing about this is everybody has something that's called a full retirement age. Okay. And your full retirement age actually depends on when you were born. (laughs) So a little bit of history about Social Security. When it was created, everybody's Social Security age was 65. Now, what was interesting about that is that the government didn't really expect most people to live beyond age 65. (laughs) (laughs) So they didn't really actually expect to pay back too much of this money. But look at us now. Our mortality age has extended into the 80s. We are living longer through medical advances and different things like that. And so that is giving Social Security a run for its money because now they are paying out benefits for much longer than they ever anticipated it. So because of that, then they have started changing the age when your Social Security full retirement age actually is. So Kelsey, share with us um, the different things that you'd be looking for. Like what are some of the ranges that people's full Social Security age might actually be? Well, if you were born before 1954, your Social Security full retirement age is 66. 66 even, mm-hmm. right? Birthday 66, 66. Even. Okay. If you were born after 1960, your full retirement age is is age 67. Okay. And if you're somewhere between 1954 and 1960, then yours is your retirement age is going to be 66 and a handful of months, just depending on when you were born. <laughs> Nothing like keeping it simple. I know. It goes back to my, my same old complaint that oh, they just had to make it a little bit more complicated. 66 so. and four months is my age. No. <laughs> I mean, it is. If you were born in 1956, it's 66 and four months. <laughs> right. So how do you know what your full retirement age is? Well, it does go off of your birth year. And then you also should be getting a statement each year. If you're eligible for Social Security, you'll get a statement. It's not every year that they mail them out. 
Um, I think it's like every five years now, but they keep changing it on us. So Yeah, it used to be that they stopped milling them completely. Then it went to every five years. And now I think it's every five years unless you're over a certain age. And then it's every two years. So again, with the complexity. (laughs) (laughs) But the bottom line is you can always go out to ssa.gov and look up what your full retirement age. A little fair warning on ssa.gov. I've helped a lot of people get logged into that system, and that's the Social Security Administration's website. Um, And it does have a ton of information, and it's um, specific to you. It'll have all your information on there. But be very careful when you're creating your username and ID and getting logged in because they are trying to make very sure that somebody who is not you is not trying to get into the system. So when they are giving you your um, security questions and they're asking you information that's based off of public record um, or loans that you've made and things like that, read the questions very carefully because what I have found out from um, some, I'm just going to go ahead and call them horror stories, is if you get locked out of that system, it is very difficult to get back in. So be very careful when you're doing that. But once you can get in and get your username and password, tons of great information available to you. Yeah, it is great. And you can print off your most current statement too, if you can't find the one that you have. So that's a good idea for people to do. So here's the thing is we know now that the range is between 62 and 70, that you can take it. And your full retirement age is somewhere between 66 and 67, right? So most people then say, well, when should I take it? So let's talk a little bit about pros and cons of taking it early pros and cons of waiting till your full retirement age, and pros and cons of delaying it even later than your full retirement age. All right, so the earliest age that you can take the Social Security is age 62. And the way the Social Security benefit is calculated is that they take your highest 35 years of earnings and they index them and then they average them and then a formula is applied to determine your benefit. <laughs> I don't even know if I can explain the math behind the actual formula. <laughs> I just know that this is the way they do it. <laughs> so your highest 35 years of earnings is what matters. <laughs> That's a long period of time. All right. So once they've done their calculation, what they're calculating is what your benefit is at your full retirement age. And then if you want to take it early, as early as 62, they apply a discount rate to it for each year that you take it early. All right. And discount is not a good thing in this in this explanation. I know right. that's normally a positive, but it's not here. Yeah. Discounting it means that you're going to get less. They're giving you less by taking it early. Now... What a lot of people don't understand is that if you're going to work once you're 62, then that is going to make a difference about whether or not you actually want to take those benefits early or not. Okay, so and and I'm going to give you just a rough number here. And, And the reason I'm giving you a rough number is because this changes every year. Okay, but if you're going to make over around $16,000 a year, then you probably don't want to take your Social Security early. Because if you make over $16-ish thousand a year, then that already discounted Social Security rate is going to get discounted even more, and you actually will have to pay the government back the Social Security that they overpaid you. Okay? That, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, will not be a fun check to write. <laughs> <laughs> 
that, in fact, is one of the worst checks to ever have to write. So um, just keep that in mind. If you're going to trigger it early, that is why you hear people in retirement, especially early retirement, say that they're trying to only earn so much money. It's because they don't want to violate that Social Security rule and ever have to pay back a dime. Okay. Now, there is a good news piece of this, though. Kelsey, what happens if you do have to pay that back to them? It does get credited back credited back to you. So at your full retirement age, um, or every year, actually, it's recalculating for those credits you paid back in. Right. Now, once you reach that magical full retirement age, you can earn as much as you want from working, and it doesn't affect your Social Security. So if your retirement age was 66, you hit that, you can start your Social Security and draw that, and you can work and earn as much as you want, and it doesn't have any impact the working thing only impacts taking Social Security before that full retirement age. All right. So what would be the reason, Kelsey, share with our listeners, why you would want to wait beyond your full retirement age to take it? Well, just as in the fact that they're discounting the amount that you get, um, prior to your full retirement age, they are also going to give you delayed retirement credits if you wait longer than your full retirement age to claim your benefit. So they are realizing that um, the longer that they wait to pay you, they're they're not having to pay out money as, as early. So you can get an 8% credit per year for every year you wait. Now they do credit you per month that you wait. So if you only wait till 67 and a handful of months, you'll get some kind of credit on that as well. But if you are waiting years um, up to 70, you can get uh, 8%. Yeah, and 8% per is a good, a good number. That's a healthy number, mm-hmm. right? It is. So this is the age old question of social security. Is it better to just take it or is it better to delay it and take that increase? And the bottom line is, I have no idea. It completely depends on how long you live. Yeah, there's a lot of factors on on that. So can you afford to wait is, is a big factor, but definitely your life expectancy is very important. And you're never going to be exact on that because nobody knows the exact day they're leaving this earth. Uh, but the, the reality is you have to pay attention. There's a lot of things that play into that and some of its family history, some of its current health, um, things like that can all play into your life expectancy. But the reality is um, life expectancy is pushing higher and higher and higher. And, and the average um, 50 to 60 year old right now is projected to live into their late 80s, early 90s. Um, and if you're younger than that, your life expectancy, you know, 50% of the people are going to live into their late 90s at that point. So um, paying attention to life expectancy is very important. You could be making a decision to take your Social Security early that could have a 30-year impact on you. Right. So there is a break-even calculation that we can help people do of understanding how many years will it take before it was a bad idea to take your Social Security early? Okay, so let's say you started at 62 and you get all of this money between age 62 and 70. Then there's a break-even calculation we can do to say, well, if you would have waited till you're 70, then it will take this long for that to have been a good plan versus a bad plan. And everybody's is a little bit different, but, you know, you can kind of gauge that it's somewhere in the early to mid-80s If you outlive that pace, it would have been better to wait. If you die before your early to mid-80s, it would have been better to take that Social Security early. 
Now, that's a gauge. That's a rule of thumb. That is not financial planning advice. That's something that I'm saying that you can do a break-even calculation and figure this out. But generally speaking, it takes a while to recoup the delay, and you have to live long enough for that to be worth it. And it can be, you know, over $100,000 of delayed income waiting from age 62 to age 70. So it's not a decision to be taken lightly, but it can be made with some confidence if you're really evaluating how it impacts you. Correct. All right, we're going to take a short break. Before we do, I just want to announce we have a great seminar coming up called Maximizing Your Social Security. So if you can't get enough about this topic, join us on April 25th. And we're going to be diving into more of the details surrounding this to help you make the best decisions possible as you move into your own Social Security planning phase. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today's topic is about maximizing your Social Security. So we've talked about when you can take it and what your full retirement age actually means. We've talked about some of the pros and cons of starting early versus delaying it. And the next thing I want to just touch on is whether or not your Social Security is going to be taxable. That's a big question that we frequently get from people. All right. So here's the deal. And these are 2017 numbers. Up to half of your benefit may be taxable if you're single and your income is between twenty-five to thirty-four thousand, or it might be up to half taxable if you're married filing jointly and your income is between thirty-two to forty-four thousand. All right. Now, that's the low end of things. If your income is higher than those, then up to eighty-five percent of your benefits going to be taxable. So, if you're single and your income is above thirty-four thousand, then up to eighty-five percent of your Social Security could be taxable. And if your income jointly and you're married and filing jointly is above 44000 then up to 85% of your Social Security is going to be taxable. I kind of think along the lines of that's like adding insult to injury. <laughs> Social Security was not a super good return on anybody's money, and now they're going to tax you on it. <laughs> Thank you very much, government. <laughs> All right, the next topic that I want to talk about is how is your Social Security affected if you're married, if you're divorced, or if you're widowed, okay? So first of all, the decision you make about Social Security does affect your spouse if you're married, all right? And here is why, is if you are married you are eligible for up to half of whatever your spouse's Social Security is. So if your spouse's Social Security is $3,000 a month and yours is $1,000 a month, then you are not making half of what theirs is, which means you're eligible for a raise once theirs starts. And that's called a spousal benefit. So you're claiming your own, but you can get a spousal benefit up to that benefit. Um, That's half of your spouses in most cases. And Mary, we have a great story about this. Do you oh want my to tell gosh. it? <laughs> yes, I do. I'm so excited about this. So we had a retirement seminar and one of the people that came to our retirement seminar heard us talking about this concept of you're entitled to half of what your spouse's is once your spouses start. And so as she put it, I marched myself right down to that social security office and I asked them about that. And you know what? I got a $400 raise a month. <laughs> And 
she got a back pay check for over $10,000 because she should have been getting that extra spousal benefit for many years and hadn't been getting it. And all because she came to our free seminar. Perhaps you should join <laughs> us on April 25th. <laughs> Talk about return on investment. Got a free seminar and it turned into all that money. Right. That's like the best success story ever. I was so excited to hear that. So um, she told me that she asked Social Security why nobody ever told her about this. And what they told her at the office is, well, we're not going to tell you about it. You have to ask about it. Now, I kind of feel like that is the opposite of customer service. However, that's the way that it rolls. So it's your job to know what you're entitled to. It's not their job to tell you, hey, you could possibly get a raise. Okay. So keep in mind that you might be eligible for a spousal benefit if your spouse is making more than you and you're not making at least half of what they are making. Okay. The next thing is if you are widowed, you're going to lose one of your Social Security checks, and you're going to lose the smaller one. But a widow is going to be eligible to keep the larger of the two checks. Okay? So if you are uh, losing your spouse, you need to be aware in your retirement and your income planning that one of your checks is going to go away, and it'll be the smaller one. Now, let's talk about if you're divorced. This is one of the most quirky, interesting rules of the Social Security system. It really is. <laughs> so, Kelsey, if you were married to someone, how long do you have to be married to them in order to trigger this benefit? You have to have been married for 10 years. All right. So you can claim that spousal benefit off of your divorced spouse's benefits if you were married for at least 10 years. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... If you're making a thousand and your ex-husband is making three thousand, you're eligible to get to up to half of theirs. Correct. Okay. What I want you to hear me saying is it does not negatively impact your ex. Their check does not go down by anything. Your check has the potential to go up. All right. And here's where it gets really funny. You can pick any of your ex-spouses for this to work on. <laughs> As long as you're married 10 years, you do have a choice. Yes. So if you have been married to three different people for at least 10 years each, whichever one of them has the highest social security, you can claim spousal benefits on that one. <laughs> Pick a spouse, any spouse. <laughs> one of the odd rules, we may be able to see why the social security system is going broke. <laughs> well, absolutely. I mean, uh, that's that's one of the benefits that's out there. And I'm not saying that's not right or wrong it just it is mm -hmm. um but if somebody was married like let's say a, a person was married three times and they had the higher benefit and then all three of their ex-spouses claim off of their benefit that's four benefits getting paid out off of one social security calculation so it's just kind of a, a crazy thing that's out there that if you know about you can take advantage of and it's you're following all the rules yeah um but it's it's just interesting. It's like, no wonder they're having problems being solvent uh, as, a, as an organization. All right. There is one other strategy I want to talk about before we close the show, and that's called the restricted application strategy. And this has to do with whether you're married or not, too. So you might have heard that there were some new rules that were passed towards the end of 2015 that effectively eliminated some different Social Security claiming strategies 
that couples were using to maximize their income. However, one of these claiming strategies is still available to some individuals who were grandfathered under the old rules. And this is you. If you were born before January 1, 1954, and you meet certain requirements, you could still have a potentially limited window to take advantage of a claiming strategy that's called a restricted application with spousal benefits. Now, I can't really go into the finite details of this on the show, but hear me saying that if you were born before January 1, 1954, this would allow you to collect the spousal benefit and then later collect your own benefit. It's a little bit of a backwards approach, but it's a really unique technique to maximize your Social Security opportunity. So there's certain requirements that have to be met, but that one quirky way to do it is still available if you meet that age criteria. So join us at our seminar on the 25th. Learn more about what your Social Security maximization strategies are. And if you can't make it, then give us a call and we'll help you puzzle through what your own Social Security rules are and when is the best time to maximize your own Social Security planning. So thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Sterk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sterk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dunes, South Dakota, 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555.